0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio. Show.
1: All right, and happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for January the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2022, This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. A quick recap of yesterday's show makes sense. Let's do it all right now. Ashley Babbitt, ladies and gentlemen, tried to stop attack on Capitol Speaker's lobby. You heard me right. The lady that got murdered by your government, a veteran for 14 years, literally tried to stop the attack on the Speaker's Capitol lobby at the Capitol. Video shows female Trump supporters, including Ashley Babbitt, Desperate, please, to prevent rioters from breaking windows. Stop. No, don't wait. Please, stop. The EpicTimes.com is where the article resides. The U.S. Department of Justice literally cleared Mr. Bird, that's the guy that murdered Ashley Babbitt, of criminal culpability in the shooting death without ever even questioning him. And without even taking a statement from him, ladies and gentlemen, that explains his actions that fateful day, that's according to investigative records and according to the Babbitt family attorney. What a shame that is, ladies and gentlemen. There's literally video evidence showing her trying to stop the criminal activity. The reason she tried to go through the window is she was trapped by rioters. Yeah, and the government just literally killed her. They claim that it was an insurrection that day, but you see government provocateurs everywhere on video. They're not even in trouble. But yet, political prisoners rot in jail, including Stuart Rhodes and others. What a shame that is, ladies and gentlemen. We'll talk about Stuart Rhodes coming up in minutes as the broadcast unfolds. The Salt Lake City Tribune. Horrible newspaper, ladies and gentlemen. They have an editorial board. And they literally published an editorial piece on Saturday that literally called on the Utah governor to use the National Guard to prevent unvaccinated citizens from going anywhere. Have these guys lost their minds? The answer is clearly yes. They're off their rockers crazy. Shame on them. There's also a new attack on My Pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. It's particularly vile. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Lindell, they say he's their bank-dumping my businesses. My charities, Financial Institution, says that activist entrepreneur Mike Lindell poses a, quote, reputation risk. WorldNet Daily with the piece, so they're dumping Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell says one of the nation's largest banks is moving to dump the nine businesses and charities that he has founded in the wake of the success of My Pillow. Wow, folks. Yeah, when they shut Donald Trump down from social media and they shut Mike Lindell down, they're literally attacking our money, ladies and gentlemen. They are declaring war on we, the people. We're going to talk about that as the broadcast unfolds, too. Facebook just blocked me for 90 days. For speaking the truth, says Ron Paul. Hour two of Liberty Roundtable Live. Our First Amendment is on the ropes. What are we to do is the question. I discussed that with the good Sheriff Richard Mack. It was Bridie on TV, the Sheriff Mack Show, simulcast with Liberty Roundtable Live. So you've got uh, Bridie on TV with the Sheriff Mack Show. You've got Bridie on radio, Liberty News Radio, LovingLiberty.net Radio, all teaming up to spread the word. Sheriff Richard Mack tells the discouraging tale about his interactions with Members of both the House and the Senate, ladies and gentlemen, regarding prison reform. They talked about prison reform back in the day, but they weren't serious at all. We proved it. The bogus press, ladies and gentlemen, literally tried to get Richard Mack to speak out against Stuart Rhodes. Sheriff Richard Mack rejected them and their dishonest attempts. Stuart Rhodes, ladies and gentlemen, let's be very clear about this, is innocent until proven guilty. Arch- archives of the simulcast of the sheriff max show and liberty roundtable live uh the video is available brighteon.tv i should say it's brighteon.com i guess for the archives Brighton.com. and available uh on audio at libertyroundtable.com or lovingliberty.net. spread the word tell the tale that's a recap of yesterday's show wow there's so much to talk about so little time let's get to it james edwards well-known talk show host, author, and more with us, Race, Politics, and Hypocrisy in 21st Century America. ThePoliticalCessible.org is his website, his award-winning show every Saturday evening on your radio, and uh, it's live every Saturday evening, but it's on demand 24-7 at ThePoliticalCessible.org. James, welcome back, sir.
2: Sam, I've got that cool, clean, crisp, and clear January air in my lungs. I'm feeling good. Brand new year of working with you. I'm on Liberty Roundtable this morning. Couldn't be going better. And that was one heck of a recap. So much to talk about. As you said, any one of those topics we could really sink our teeth into. Where are we going?
1: We're going to get it done. But first off, my friend, I'm up in the Rocky Mountains. You don't know what crisp, cool, clean air is. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably true. Relatively speaking, yes. I'm just teasing. It's
2: it's actually um, strange weather on the south though recently, isn't it? Well, uh, we've had uh, you know on Christmas it was about 80 degrees, and then winter finally came, and uh, it, you know it's been getting a little cold. I mean, a little cold for us anyway. I think the cold front's coming through tonight, and uh, it's going to get back down into the 30s, which I love. I I, I think you know for the people, uh, our ancestral memory is stirred. Uh, those of us who who uh, whose ancestors came over here to found this uh, country. Uh, come from the windswept Isles of Northern Europe and Great Britain and Scotland and those places. So uh, I think somewhere in our history we're used to cold weather. So every time it sets in, I kind of get excited. So I don't, I don't. Now what I'm not used to, even after you know being born and raised in the South, is those subtropical summers. So I like winter. I'm a winter guy, having a good time. But I haven't had a Rocky Mountain winter. So you know, good point. I'm all about the winter, spring, and fall. Okay. The summer's
1: too hot for me.
2: <laughs> We've well, got right, a show so for all seasons, though,
1: That is right, sir. All right, I want to talk about several different things. I want to talk about Stuart Rhodes. He's innocent until proven guilty, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let me set the stage for the discussion. Then I want James to rock and roll. Number one, the only information we have about Stuart Rhodes is what we get from two sources: your government, so FBI, CIA, Justice Department, etc. And then the only other source, if you call it a separate source, would be the media, which is really controlled and ran by and owned by the FBI, the CIA, the same government wonks that told you the information in the first place. So whether it's um, Psaki, uh and your attorney general whacked out Merrick Garland uh, or your president whacked out Joe or whoever, okay, you're getting the information from that source or government media sources. Really, it's all the same thing, James. And the truth is. I don't think that we can fairly even say, oh, my gosh, the information about Stuart Rhodes is damning. This and that and that and the other. All we hear is government propaganda. Yeah, they supposedly broke into the Signal app and breached the uh, encrypted communications, and therefore Rhodes said this and did this and did that and did it. I watch videos, sir, of all the provocateurs that literally took uh, place on January the 6th. Stuart's not among them. Oh, well, Sam, he's the engineer behind the scenes. He's a, okay, you know what? Why don't we hear from Stewart himself? Why don't we hear from other sources? There's 14,000 hours of video they simply will not even release at this point. Uh, All the good guys uh, seem to be in jail. The people who were there politically who meant well and who wanted to protect and who truly wanted a genuine audit into election fraud. We never got the audit into election fraud, but we had a certain uh, provocateur event that day Uh, And, you know, what gives with this? So a lot of people are starting to throw Stuart Rhodes under the bus. I will not be among them. I'm not going to just take the media and your government propaganda and turn that into, oh, man, I believe Stuart, who says, look, I was trying to defend the president that day. I was trying to to defend our republic that day.
2: Um, They're wrong on this. What do you say, James? Well, you know, I had uh, saw this last week. I I don't know if it was the New York uh, Times or the Washington Post. But I repeat myself, <laughs> they all speak with a single voice, of course, and they're all mouthpieces for the system. And when I say system, I'm talking about the courts, uh, the government, academia, the media, of course, all working as a, as a single unit, which they do. And I'd seen this uh, headline about Stuart Rhodes, and I immediately sent it to you because I know that that's someone who you're uh, well acquainted with and, you know, guest on this program in the past. And I have worked with him in, in some capacities. I, now, I should say for full disclosure that I have my own uh, concerns with roads that have nothing to do with this. Um, but as far as this goes, and so by, by saying that, I said that uh, to let people know that uh, there are some things – well, I'll just go ahead and say it so there's no confusion and I'm not uh, uh, trying to uh, be secretive or mysterious or whatever. I, I With Rhodes, I think there was a demonstration in defense of um, – a Confederate monument in New Orleans uh, a couple of years ago. And uh, the Oath Keepers were down there ostensibly to defend the monuments, which was certainly a, a good and noble cause. Uh, but then when uh, members of a Southern Heritage organization arrived, uh, well, the media had called them racists, of course. And so all of a sudden, Rhodes and the Oath Keepers, who were with him at that uh, at that time, uh, went and joined the Black Lives Matter people who were there to desecrate the monument and were counter-signaling and virtue-signaling against... Um, Against the, the southern people who I knew, by the way, who I personally knew. Now, uh, I say all that to ladies say this: hold when on, I come into the defend-
1: stay there. Candid conversation, straight ahead, ladies and gentlemen. We don't hold anything back on this radio program. We tell the truth. We let people say what they want to, as long as they obey FCC rules. We believe in the First Amendment, baby. We'll tell you about it in seconds. James Edwards, thepoliticalcesspool.org dot org on your radio.
6: I think having faith in God is a big part in it because the way I was raised has helped to avoid
3: smoking.
5: Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Your call is being transferred to the listening ear. Listening professionals dedicated to hearing you.
3: Hello, listening here. Who am I listening to? Um, Carrie, but I was calling my
0: mom. Yes, you were, but your mom was so busy, she felt it was important for you to have someone who could completely focus on listening to you and you alone. So she subscribed to our service. Go ahead, I'm listening. Well, I'm not quite sure. Where to start? Well, I can listen to school issues like science projects. I can listen to boy problems, although that's an extra $3 per call because of the emotional drain on me.
7: How about we start with how you wish you had made Cheerleader? I didn't try out for Cheerleader. Um... This isn't uh, Mary? Carrie. I'm Carrie. Oh, oh, sorry.
3: There is no substitute for a loving parent. And when you really listen, love is what they'll hear. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, for more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org.
1: James Edwards with me, ladies and gentlemen, ThePoliticalSesspool.org. We're talking about Stuart Rhodes, and I've got the headline that I wrote, ladies and gentlemen, say, please, people, do not forget that Stuart Rhodes is innocent until proven guilty. No matter what you think, resist the urge to barbecue him in the court of public opinion, ladies and gentlemen. The only information we have is through government and your government-controlled media. We don't really have any other reality checks, ladies and gentlemen, at this point. So beware, be cautious, and understand
2: the principles that underpin liberty. James? Yeah, the way the break came in uh, just a couple of moments ago left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm not trying to to cast aspersions on Stuart Rhodes. I think overall the organization that he uh, represents uh, is is something that – has has done good work and has a good cause i'm just saying in this one uh, instance uh, i had some cause for concern there, totally unrelated to what we're talking about but the reason i brought it up but, was but just to it, let but you explain, know explain that-
1: though in detail though finish your statements on the concern though
2: Well, that was all there was, really. They had gone down there to join uh, with supporters, and we had covered this on the radio. This was a couple of years ago, of course. Joined with the supporters of the Confederate Monument, but then uh, when they found out that some of the supporters of the Confederate Monument had been called racist in the media, they immediately turned and went to the other line and were standing with Black Lives Matter supporters. uh, They're counter-signaling against the so-called racists. So, you know, of course... um, that was peculiar to me, you know, when you, you, you have this tough guy organization that's going to stand up and defend liberty at all costs and all this, but, you know, all you got to do is say the R word. I wrote a book about this that is well-known, you know, 11 years ago. So I was just thinking, hey, you know, what's going on here with this guy? But um – But in any event, the reason I brought it up was just to let people know who are out there. We can be objective. We can be discerning here on this program, and we don't defend people just because we know them uh, or have worked with them or have heard uh, of them or or something like that. Uh, In this case with Stuart Rhodes, I mean, yes, I'm sure it is just like we saw to a much lesser extent with regards to the severity with the Charlottesville civil suit uh, late last year where you have people – prosecuting attorneys obtaining communications through email and uh, perhaps uh, text messages and things like that that are, you know, irreverent and maybe can be taken out of context and say, oh, here's the smoking gun. Now, they could have been joking. Uh, About saying, hey, you know, let's bonk some heads, you know, oh, that's criminal conspiracy. You see, they went there to cause racially charged violence or in the case of January 6th, they went there uh, to uh, to foment an insurrection. Uh, Our democracy is in peril. We are defending the the life of our democracy as if the left uh, could have ever concerned itself with anything like that. But, but so there are some similarities, I think, with what we saw in Charlottesville last uh, year, late last year in November, with, with their trial and what they're trying to do here and now. And, uh, of course, you know, it took them a long time. I think the timing is very interesting. I mean, you're now, uh, you know, certainly over a year uh, after the fact. And now and only now are these charges being brought up. I think that's, a, you know, particularly slow mo- move uh, movement of the so-called wills of justice. And with regards, you said one more thing, and I want to, keep the, the spotlight on Rhodes, but I've got something, if you could give me, if not in this segment, maybe the next, i got a pretty good little timely riff that I could do on January 6th that I think will tie in what we're talking about with Rhodes and Lindell and everybody else that's that's caught up in this dragnet. But with Lindell, the banks are really doing a lot of that now, reputational risk, that's all they've got to say, and then they can just close that's your right. account. <clears throat> I mean, so we'll get into that. A-
1: we'll let you dig into it next segment, James. We'll let you uh, do your um – briefing on that but i, I want to say this about sure. Stuart rhodes though so the debate yeah, is no. Stuart rhodes he's a fed some say others say no no, no he's not a fed at all that oh this proves he's a fed that proves he's not this that, that they go on and on and on you know what it's all speculation it's all bogus the fact is you need, you need to remember a couple of things one all of our information comes from the government and the media number two you got to remember that the man is is innocent until proven guilty but number three and i want to take this head on james The question is, was Stuart Rhodes ready for a civil war? Was he calling for a civil war? Was he calling to take down thug leaders who are out of control and who are criminal? And you know what? Here's the question that you really got to ask yourself. What if he was agitating for a war? What if his words and his statements does say, I believe a war is coming? I believe they've already declared war on us. I believe that we must fight back and we must do it now or else it'll get worse. What about a statement like that, Founding Father-esque, that says, look, uh, we have drawn a line in the sand and they've crossed it, it's too far, and now we must take action. All efforts for peaceful resolution are over. Now, let me give you some examples to make the point. COVID, is it really produced in a lab, as Rand Paul has documented, uh, in front of Anthony Fauci, who's lying about it and got caught lying in Congress, where gain-of-function research created this in a lab, and then it was intentionally released? If that's true, they have declared war on us. Stewart would be correct. Look at the election issue. If the election fraud has been going on and we try to go to the courts, no redress of grievance whatsoever. Uh, We try to go to the Congress and they literally created an act of insurrection. uh, And Stewart is on the wrong or right side of it. Doesn't matter uh, because the point is still the same that, you know what, Um, they have shut us down at the courts. They've shut us down at the congressional level due to creating an insurrection so we don't get there. You know, Ammon Bundy asked this question as he literally rotted two years in prison, came out, was guilty of nothing. Let me say that again. Ammon Bundy went to jail for two years for nothing, guilty of nothing. And the judge said the FBI withheld exculpatory evidence. And the FBI was so criminal that they had to just flat out dismiss the case against Ammon Bundy. You had uh, agent provocateurs in the Ammon Bundy case. I believe they dismissed the case so they didn't have to go into exposing their real tactics and who was really involved, etc. And Ammon was getting dang close to the truth, and they didn't want to even go further, so they jettisoned that. But from the IRS harassing our citizens to now the Justice Department and the FBI literally calling moms and dads who don't want sexual perversion in the government schools literal terrorists, Stuart Rhodes and others would say, look, they've gone too far. They've declared civil war on us. So was Stuart Rhodes ready for a civil war? And if he was... Does that make the, the government the good guys and Rhodes the criminal? Or does that make Rhodes a patriot hero and the government exposed as criminals? And what's the outgrowth of this if they continue to violate our rights? Is it going to get softer and more peaceful and more kind and more gentle? Or is Stuart Rhodes almost prophetic in his reality check that, you know what, this is going to go wrong? <laughs> At some point, you cannot have your government, the FBI, the Justice Department, and everything else calling mom and dad's terrorists. At some point, they've already declared war on us. And it's dog on dog, would say Stuart Rhodes. He's been on my program, and he's made that claim many a times. Let's not be play games about secret communications and what we don't know. Let's just talk about what we know. But let's also talk about where we are in America today. Is Stuart Rhodes telling the truth? Have they declared war on us? And as I can tell, from climate change, to parents being called terrorists, to no redress of grievance on uh, election fraud to the COVID disaster to the climate change disaster which is just coming to destroy your life to inflation to we can go on and on and on has joe and the democrats and then the partner republicans in the swamp literally declared war on we the people already and we're just too stupid to know it and Stuart Rhodes is getting barbecued because he said it first where are we at in america james
2: Well, there's no doubt about it. There is a war that has been declared on traditional Americans and people who have traditional American values like Stuart Rhodes. And let me be clear, especially in light of what I said about Rhodes, my personal opinion, or at least uh, an observation I had made about him in the past, we would be better off with people like Stuart Rhodes in command of our institutions. There's just no doubt about that. What his organization stands for is far superior uh, to the system that we have in control right now. And, yes, I mean, it's jumped up charges. I mean, God knows it is. Uh, Look at this uh, hysterical coverage. I mean, we knew it was coming on the one-year anniversary. Well, they'd never stopped talking about it. (laughs) So you you could certainly have expected a continuation, but they really ratcheted it up at the beginning of this month. But but nobody's listening. I I said this on my radio program just last uh, Saturday night that the – system media is writing these stories for one another. Uh, they are writing these stories to impress one another and to uh, showcase their virtue to one another, their so-called virtue. A uh, Half of the country has completely tuned out the media. And I don't just mean that they have a difference of opinion. I mean that they will do or believe the exact opposite of what the, the media is saying by the, by default. And so with regards to to Stuart Rhodes, I mean, this is just another example of the war that is being waged, Sam, and it's not hyperbole to say that. I mean, yes, they they haven't drawn a line in the sand, and they've got their troops on one side, and then there's troops on the other, and it's a hot war. But this has been something this this soft totalitarianism has been ever hardening for for decades now, decades. You know, like the frog in the in the in the uh, boiling pot uh, analogy. That's what's that's what's been going on. Uh, but I think you know it was a good time for Trump to lose. Uh, with with the COVID and the inflation and everything, uh, once the Democrats got control, they were so uh, whipped up uh, into this frenzy over uh, the the Trump years and, and what they really could have been so upset about Trump, uh, it, It's unbeknownst to me, maybe his attitude, because he really didn't do a lot. But uh, the babies pulled the pin on the grenade, and things are really changing now, and they're changing in a good way, it's particularly within the Republican base, people like uh, the Oath Keepers, that mentality. I think they've gone too far. I think things are going to change and, uh, and change tight. for the we'll better. we talk about it. James Edward, with us, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the one and only
1: Liberty Roundtable Live, Listen to wind
0: blow. proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
5: AT&T and Verizon announced Tuesday they will delay this week's scheduled rollout of 5G cellular signals near some airports due to concerns from the aviation industry. The concern is the 5G spectrum is too close to the airline landing computer systems and could create delays or even worse. Pushing the narrative of nationalizing elections, Senate Majority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer told lawmakers Tuesday they're going after the 60-vote filibuster rule in order to get the legislation passed. The John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act and the Freedom of Vote Act are needed as Schumer accused state-level Republicans of trying to take away the vote from younger, black and brown, elderly, minority and low-income voters. Democrat Senator Joe Manchin at a press conference says there are already laws on the books to prevent what Schumer is talking about.
8: The laws there, the rules are there, and basically the government. The government will stand behind them and make sure they have a right to vote.
5: USA Radio News.
7: Get to Kohl's to save on beauty, essentials, and home. Take 20% off all beauty and fragrance during our Love Your Look Beauty event. Pick up Nike hoodies for the family starting at $19.99. Save 50% on Carter's for Baby. And Sonoma Goods for Life bath towels are only $8.99. Plus, take an extra 20% off when you spend $100 or more. And get Kohl's cash this weekend at Kohl's. Select styles offer valid September 20th through 23rd with promo code SAVINGS. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. I know you've been waiting a little bit longer than normal. Jen's <laughs> manicure spot needs an extra pair of hands. Who's at the front desk right now? Someone who's handy with everything from nail files to spreadsheet files. Deidre's not coming in today, but we have that whole bachelorette party. Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Instant Match instantly connects you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
5: Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. That was a simple deterrent that curbed most violent crime in America. Now with crime spiking in major cities throughout the United States, soft on crime DAs are being targeted for recall elections. One DA in Southern California might be the subject of a second recall.
6: Spiking crime in Los Angeles and criticism of District Attorney George Gascon calling for lenient charges and sentences for the offenders are fueling another effort to recall him. Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Villanueva telling Fox News he's confident in the latest recall effort. The recall is now gaining steam. There, There's a petition that's already uh, being um is to approved by the Registrar Recorder. It's going to be out in circulation, so the organizers are going to definitely uh, do probably a probably better job uh, this time than they did the last time because they're more organized now and they're well-funded. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg.
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine a civil war in America again, but this time in every state. Yeah, you say Stuart Rhodes talked about that, and he was really pushing for war. Was he, or was he just ready for one? Was he pushing for one, or was he acknowledging the reality that we're closer to one than you might think, ladies and gentlemen? You don't believe me. You think Stuart Rhodes is the only one talking about this national public radio NPR? Literally, headquarters in Washington asked this question. Imagine another American Civil War, but this time in every state, NPR, ladies and gentlemen. What do you think about that? Not long ago, the idea of another American Civil War seemed outlandish. These days, the notion hasn't only gone mainstream, ladies and gentlemen, but it seems to suddenly be everywhere. Believe it or not, Business Insider even published a poll in October saying the majority of Americans believe the U.S., was already in the midst of a, quote, cold civil war. Then last fall, the University of Virginia Center for Politics released a poll finding that said the majority of people who had voted to reelect former President Donald Trump now wanted their state to secede from the union. The data also showed a stunning 41% of those who voted for Joe Biden in 2020 who said that now would be a good time to split the country. Researchers have found such, quote, downbeat assessments of America's democracy. Now, I know we don't have one, but that's what they say, right? We have a republic, folks. Among the young. The Institute of Politics at Harvard's Kennedy School published a poll that found that half of voting Americans under the age of 30 thought that our democracy was in trouble or failing. One-third also said they expected to be a civil war within their lifetimes, and a quarter of them Thought at least one state
2: would secede from the Union. That's NPR, James. Well, it is going to happen. It's inevitable it's going to happen. You're going to have a balkanizing here, uh, as you have had throughout history, and all of these uh, nations that become a Tower of Babel with uh, competing races and religions and everything that could divide uh, a people or a community we have that here now we're not a homogenous nation that believes in in god anymore uh with a common culture and a common language and so yes it is going to fall apart now whether or not it'll be a, a civil war as we know it i mean why would we want washington i i think you know secession is certainly a very real possibility and i don't know if secession happens it's if it's necessarily going to be the people like us who you would think would be doing it i mean would we who would stop the left coast from seceding or new york from seceding you know um nobody uh and so we'll, we'll see how it goes but no i think within our lifetime sam and i think this is a pretty safe p- p- prediction before we uh get called to our eternal reward uh the 50 states as we know it here in America will not exist, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But if, if, with your kind indulgence, my friend, if I could have two minutes here, I think I could tie all of this up. I I have something that I think uh, brings it all into sharp focus with regard to the coverage of January 6th, Stuart Rhodes, the cancelization, uh, Mike Lindell, all of that. Now, what we saw with the media's coverage is what any anyone who understands the system would expect. False claims that the original event was a coup, an insurgency, or even a rebellion. It was just a riot uh, that President Trump intended uh, it and designed it. I, I think he was surprised at what happened, as most people were. That he should have rushed to the Capitol and had his people stand down. Uh, you know that could have been a good move, but the security was never going to allow it, and uh, that only the right would ever do such a thing. Well, of course. Now this is a thing that has to be reminded. You know. People like Stuart Rhodes are are getting um, served up. (laughs) It's the left that regularly riots, loots, and burns our cities nationwide. So the hypocrisy here stinks to high heavens, of course, with the media. But the most interesting thing to me about the retrospective that we saw in the coverage of January 6th, the last uh, couple of weeks, was the question that they never asked. And this is the point, Sam, at least not within the establishment or its kept media. And that question is, why did Americans think that they had to physically... Invade the Capitol in order to be heard, if you want to call it an invasion. Now, the answer to that, to me, is uh, that the January sixth, uh, twenty twenty one event so on Capitol Hill was the flip side of the cancel coin. That's what we're talking about. When the establishment decrees that anyone who voted for President Trump or fails to abase himself before cultural Marxism becomes an unperson, those people have only one way to make themselves heard, and that's to take to the streets. To understand the dimensions of of, of this problem you got to realize that somewhere between a third and a half of all Americans have been canceled in some way, shape, or form, whether it's cancelization from social media or from banks or from all of the above, like us. What that means is that they no longer exist from the establishment standpoint. They may not be allowed to speak. Their interests don't have representation, so uh, they can't be quoted or published. If, if you have politically incorrect views, speech or writing can be brought to the attention of your employer. The employer must fire you or risk being canceled themselves and uh, they must be driven from their field made unemployable Uh, they could be physically attacked we saw this throughout the trump campaign of 2016 physically attacked by antifa and if you fight back you're going to be charged with a hate crime these people are people we're political subhumans now and if we or our property are subjected to an attack by the goons of the left well then the media will just say that they had it coming that we had it coming and that event won't make the paper so i'll sum it up with this and it's imprudence, the, the establishment, which is, is just wholly gone into this cultural Marxism uh, way of thinking, thinks there's going to be no blowback for canceling something upwards of 100 million Americans. Uh, well, on January 6th, there was some blowback. Now, it was very, very mild, even the most garden variety of Black Lives Matter riot that we saw just within the, the several months before January 6th of 2021. Uh, but a year later, though, through their rigged retrospective, they smirked and, and their kept media continued to write this narrative that the or, uh, but the, the ordinary Americans made themselves heard that day. And I think that's a tremor. I think that's a tremor of things that that, that could be coming. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Now, I don't think there was a lot of violence. What little violence there was, really, was was the left, as you mentioned with the Ashley Babbitt thing. But... Uh, an objective observer would realize that there is another America out there beyond the establishment and its rigged media whores, and that America is made up of the worker bees who make the establishment drones' lives comfortable. And they see that the game is being played at their expense, and they know that they have been declared unpersons and that they have no voice and that their interests don't matter. And at a certain point, events are going to propel them into the streets, um, perhaps even throughout the whole country and not just Capitol Hill. And when that happens, uh, if that happens, uh, and you tell everyone who who voted for Trump and millions uh, more uh, who who did not vote but reject cultural Marxism uh, to 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 go to hell. Um, that that's the message that we got on January 6th, and uh, the results will be predictable. This has done nothing to ameliorate whatever divide there is. It's only exacerbated it. And of course, the comments of of Joe Biden. I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. If you if you don't believe if you believe that people need to show some modicum of identification to vote then you're a white supremacist i mean all of this stuff is just going to hasten the day that it all falls apart and it's going to have to fall apart it, it really is going to have to fall apart in a way uh so that uh th- there can be some semblance of law and order in a decent nation for us to raise our children uh in the future because uh, I, I don't think the toothpaste is going back in the can for the united states as a whole
1: Ladies and gentlemen, what are we to do is the famous question that Ammon Bundy asked, and I think he's spot on correct on this. I don't want to see us secede from the union. I don't want to see the states fall apart. I want to see a great nation, as George Washington vision, where we struggle to defend ourselves and angels come and help us and we win the war. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I want. I don't want war, but I'm, I'm acknowledging that war is already sadly upon us. When you say, is Stuart Rhodes ready for a civil war? I think he is. I think he's just calling it out. And people can't handle that, ladies and gentlemen. Is the U.S. headed for another civil war? I think the answer is yes, and I think we're already in one. Why? Because of the immorality of the people in general. That's why. But imagine another American civil war, but this time in every single state, writes National Public Radio NPR. Ammon Bundy says, what are we to do about it? I agree. Now, here's the deal. you got the Democrat Party already uh, divided. you got Joe Biden and crew that are the moderates, supposedly. There's radicals all get out, but... According to Bernie Sanders and Acacia Cortez and others, hey, pretty moderate. Joe, he doesn't go far enough. He's wasted his first year in office, as they would say it. So you get a massive fracture in the Democratic Party. Well, look at the Republican Party. It's just the same. You've got the Mitt Romney whacked out extreme (laughs) moderate Democrat-Republicans, if you will, wing. You've got the Donald Trump wing. and, And then you've got I don't know what other wing, right? But here's the deal. DeSantis now says, quote, I will not bend the knee to Trump. Now you've got literally Ron versus Don, ladies and gentlemen. You've got DeSantis says backing Trump for 2024 now is too much to ask. After Trump literally attacked Ron DeSantis for being, quote, dull and having no charisma. And now Ron's saying, Don, I just can't abide here. We're not. Now you got a massive rift in the Republican side of things. You've got the extreme Romney group. I don't know where they all stand, but they're the uh, the ones that cross the aisle and betray us all, the Lisa Murkowskis and the whatever. Okay. Then you've got the uh, Trump wing, and now you've got a DeSantis wing. So as you can see, the parties are melting down. Now, I've never been for parties in the first place. I don't think we need parties. I just think we need honest candidates. And our founders warned us against parties. My point is you see the fracturing... At that level. And then you see the fracturing in every state, red and blue. And then you see the fracturing beyond that, which we'll get into in seconds. But where are we headed with all this, ladies and gentlemen? Is Stuart Rhodes merely a casualty in the war, a political prisoner? We can ask the questions till the cows come home, ladies and gentlemen, but I'll tell you what the solutions are coming up. James Edwards with me. This is Liberty Roundtable Live.
8: Can a nation conceived in liberty carry its head high if it denies protection to the youngest and most vulnerable of its citizens? Can a country founded on God-given rights continue to thrive without understanding that life is a precious gift from our Creator? I believe that great nations and great civilizations spring from a people who have a moral compass. I don't think a civilization can long endure that does not have respect for all human life, born and not yet. born. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
7: As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
1: Back at the live, ladies and gentlemen. Some people say it's just the mainstream press, the CIA-driven press trying to create a rift between Ron and Don, and that it's not a real division at all. I don't know. I just see divisions in these parties that have lasted for a long time, these fractures. The Republicans have been for Trump or against Trump. That's been a dividing line for quite some time, ever Trump. Ever since Trump rolled down the escalator. Uh, back in the day, there's been the, the Trump Republican supporters and then the old-hand non-Trump people, whatever. Uh, Republicans have been against Trump for a long time. Uh, now they're starting to kind of gravitate towards Trump when they see the crowds he pulls. Uh, and everything else, but uh, is it a division driven by the media, or is that division already there? The media is just exploiting it. Uh, time
2: will tell, James. Well, there's no doubt there's divisions in this country. There's just uh, that's as clear as the, the the plain as the nose on our face, as they say. And uh, it's not, look, it's not a bad thing at this point, I, d- I don't think. I mean, I was, for the secession my ancestors were going for in 1861. So, I look, I mean, we, we like the fact that uh, there was this, this, this great country at a time. I mean, it was really short-lived, though, in my opinion. Uh, it was short-lived from the time of its founding uh, for about really less than 100 years. Now, even after the war between the states, yes, through the 1950s, you sort of had this uh, common identity america that you could get behind but um the uh i i i think some of our undoing was was already put into the washington leviathan as a result of that uh, of that original war but uh, again a, a nation with so many um a nation that has so few things in common is just not going to stay. I mean, I, I just I, I don't see that being the, the case long term. Uh, and and again, when you serve up people like like Stuart Rhodes and you you deep, look, Mike Lindell. I mean, he supported the president of the United States and he questioned whether or not there was election fraud. Now, he certainly had the money to 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 question it with a very big megaphone. Uh, but but that was it. And, you know, he can't have a bank account anymore i mean this is the the more people look and and i can relate to that uh in 2006 i lost paypal i was no longer to to use paypal because of the things the media said about me and and now uh, i have been deplatformed from literally every credit card payment processor Uh, In in the country, maybe even the world, Um, if if I try to get onboarded, I I just get laughed at when when I put in my name. It's just, you know, completely shut down. Uh, Lost Facebook. This was happening to me. Fifteen years ago, so I, you know, I've got some experience in this. But I think the, but you know, I had always talked about taboo issues, and so people say, "Well, you set yourself up for that by tackling these hard issues." But I think now a lot more people are tackling them, and it's become a lot more mainstream than it was. But when you are deplatforming and and serving up. Um, conspiracy and uh, sedition charges against people like Stuart Rhodes and then the pillow guy. Uh, regular churches now are getting deplatformed. I think in a way that's a good thing. I think everybody needs to know that to the system, to the establishment, they don't differentiate between uh, people who who talk about sensitive issues and the average garden variety Trump supporter. And uh, the more people realize that they're coming after all of us, uh, the, the um, the, the way that they 're able to sniper those of us who have been outspoken uh, sort of dissipates, and uh, we are uh, all put together and there 's going to be strength in um, in those numbers so uh, I guess we 'll just uh, we 'll see where it goes from here, but uh, I think the more times the more you can make the system. Expend its ordinance is is going to be good for us in the long term, but of course, you know, I wouldn't want to be in Stuart Rhodes's shoes. It's uh, an uncomfortable position. It's unfair. It's unjust. I think. I mean, I haven't you know weighed through all the evidence, but normally, it's as I say, the default uh, position anyone must take is whatever the system tells you. Whether it's law enforcement, these alphabet soup government organizations, uh, FBI, CIA, things like that, the media, whatever they're doing is probably uh, the the truth that's on the other side of it.
1: Amen to that reality. I'm not trying to stir divisions or
2: coax divisions uh, either. but, but, say, if, but say, that, i got to say this one more thing. It, whatever happens, it has been thrust upon us. That's the thing, that's that's the thing right. people have to remember. Uh, what, have, what have we done except for advocate for uh, the faith of our fathers and the, uh, the America that uh, resembled that which our parents and grandparents and, and ancestors grew up in, an America that was so much more superior uh, to the one that we have now. Whatever happens, whatever comes, it was thrust upon us.
1: Amen. That's a reality check. And that's why we always advocate for peaceful solutions, we advocate for civility, we advocate for unity, uh, but they won't let that happen. Uh, And and we're gonna lose more and more and more and more of our liberties because I believe of the immorality of the people. Uh, The North and the South debate back in the Civil War was a very complicated one. I don't believe it was primarily about slavery as we're dishonestly taught. I believe it was about states' rights uh, and self-determination and autonomy uh, for the states. The states literally said, we created you government, you don't control us. Uh, That battle was fought, and, um, you know, hey, it's been difficult ever since. Uh, I understand some points of the north, which is let's stay together as a country. I understand the point of the south, which is, hey, let's uh, guarantee our state rights, and the country's never been the same since you obliterated them uh, back in uh, 1861. I get that fracture. I get that will haunt us today. Uh, But have you read George Washington's vision for the future of America? Because if you have, (laughs) Yeah, it's a question (laughs) for anybody. It's really an open-ended question, James. If you want to answer it, you're more than welcome to. But it's an open question to anybody. Because George Washington believes that as the Savior Jesus Christ comes, uh, we're fractured as a country so bad to where we're in a war and we're about to lose to the enemy. Uh, And Christians rally and angels support them and we win the war and conquer evil. Uh, And then eventually the Savior Jesus Christ returns. This is a vision that George Washington had. And I believe what they're really coming for, and I've said this for a long time, it isn't about all these divisions. They're coming for the Christians. That's the war that began in heaven uh, when Satan was thrust down. And that's the war that continues today. And their real goal is to come for the Christians, James. That will be the real dividing line over time. Those who will testify of Christ those versus those who want to force you to deny the
2: christ that's where it's coming down to buddy that's the real division and the one we cannot escape well there's just there's no doubt about that i mean the war against christians has been going on uh since the beginning of time and uh, it, it it has really ratcheted up here in america and you know I have, um, the Christian church is weak here. I mean, it has become apathetic. It has become weak and flabby. We need a more muscular and robust Christian church. We need a Christian church that's out on the front of this, uh, that's out on the front trying to defend its flock, Uh, and and, uh, we don't really have that right now, but it's certainly not buying uh, our churches any cover either, but... Yes, so that that there there's no doubt about that. But with the regard to separation or secession or anything like that, I you know, people always think that that's some sort of a a bad thing. But uh, we wish, as you said, Sam, and I I, I guess it, it's never wrong to to repeat this for somebody who may be tuning in for the first time. We don't wish for for any. Um, distress or unpleasantness, uh, certainly not anything up to and including violence or war. I am the father of, of, of three children. Sam uh, more than doubles, almost triples that that count. Uh, as fathers and, and as men of God, we don't want... Uh, to, to live in a nation or a society where our children are at risk, you know? so we, we we want peaceful restoration, we want solutions, but I think if you look at it from that lens it 's not a bad thing to say, Hey, you know we wish good uh, peace, health, and prosperity to all of humanity and all of mankind, whatever your beliefs, whatever your race, but uh, in order to maintain this peace and cohesiveness, uh, we want to have a government. Uh, that represents in a society um, that represents people who have a common fabric. Uh, why would we want to live? with with people who are, are at odds with our faith and who hate Christianity and who, who want to remake uh, society in their image, whether it be transgenderism or whatever latest perversion there is that's being thrust upon us, again, thrust upon us. Why would we want to live in a society like that? And if we can't reform the society as a whole, I don't think there's anything wrong or evil or immoral by saying, okay, guys, uh, we're going to do our own thing here. We're going to peacefully leave. God bless you. The best to you in your liberal utopia. But we're going to have this Christian nation, and we're going to have a nation where people speak one language, and they worship a God uh, that, uh, that has a commonality and common denominators. And uh, we, we celebrate the same heroes, and we, we observe the same holidays, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if we can't get that back with America at large, and I think that the ship has sailed on that, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, let's secede. If you want to le- use that word, you can, you can use whatever word you want and create that society uh, where, where our faith and our people can flourish. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a
1: difficult uh, deal for all of us because you know what? Christ would say, "If you're not, if you're not one, you're not mine." You know what? What about intolerance? What about Christianity? What about freedom? What about the principles that underpin freedom? Are we going to endorse them, promote them, jettison them? Okay, tolerance is the last virtue in a depraved society. So, do we just tolerate one another? Uh, where do we go, ladies and gentlemen, with this? Um, and I understand what James is saying, and I don't disagree with James's point that, hey, um, if I can just do, live peacefully in my sphere and you can go live peacefully in your sphere, maybe it's all the better.
2: Well, because At the same time, are we going to prepare people for Christ to come? Well, you know, you can still send missionaries out to the nation without having to, to, to live in Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, what do we in, in the South and what do, what do you in, in uh, the outskirts of Salt Lake City have in common with uh, people in Manhattan or San Francisco? Very little. Very little. Only thing we have
1: in common is that my responsibility is to teach them about Jesus Christ, to teach them about the greatest country on the face of the earth, uh, to teach them that there's a better way. Uh, That's really all of us as Christians. If we uh, commit to Christ and commit to pick up the cross, if you will, and follow him, uh, we commit to that course, right? Peter
2: didn't have much in common with with those who he, he was called to teach either. Well, and, and that's wonderful, but that, that can still be done, what you're talking about, and, and it should be done, and it can still be done, uh, just as it can be done with people in Guatemala or people in sub-Saharan Africa or people in Europe. It can be done even if you're not sharing a common border with those people, and I think at this point, to to save ourselves, uh, it's a question that needs to be looked at, and I, I will tell you, uh, the mainstream media is very seriously looking at secession, not that they're advocating for it, but just saying the possibility of it, if you, if you squint and look through the right lens, that that that, that is a possibility in uh, the not-so-distant future. And I'll tell you another thing that's happened recently. It, as we saw with Christian cinema and, and Joe Manchin, the sting of the R-word is beginning to dissipate. And if you can call two United States senators, Bull Connor and George Wallace, and they don't cave, that is something you would have never seen five years ago. And if... if um, if people understand that they're not going to be cowed by the R word, then that opens up a whole lot of possibilities that didn't exist previously.
1: Amen to that. Now, let's talk about, and we're going to dig into this even further, ladies and gentlemen. This isn't a, you know, just skim across the surface broadcast. Let's dig further. Let's say that we do have divisions in America. Here's the problem as I see it. You know, they divide us up into red states and blue states, and everybody believes the red states, if you're conservative, are good, and the blue states are great if you're liberal and Whatever. But here's the truth, in my opinion. Every state is literally controlled by a liberal, populist city at the core. So take Utah. Salt Lake City controls the whole state. Take Illinois. Chicago controls the whole state. Uh, Texas, two or three huge liberal cities, even though it's uh, supposedly a conservative state, hey, controlled by the two or three huge populist cities. How would divisions happen in America? How will it turn out? We'll dig into that next hour. This is serious business, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about secession. If we lose both coasts and we're landlocked in the interior, how are we gonna trade? What's gonna happen? Let's dig in and talk about it for reals because most people just wanna say, secession, it's gonna be great. Gotta do it. War, uh, sadly, we're already there, but I think people are asking for what they know not. War's horrible. Getting landlocked and not being able to trade is horrible. Seceding from the union sounds great, but how many lives were lost last time quick pause details coming up God save the
0: broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains the crossroads of the West West. you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable radio talk Radio talk show
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. This is the broadcast for January the 19th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is Hour 2 at 2. We're with James Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Most people don't even have the guts to tread where we walk routinely. Can you take on the hard topics in America, ladies and gentlemen? Can you discuss it? or you a charlatan for the very thought? Of the discussion. That's kind of the issue we have, ladies and gentlemen. Last hour, we talked about the war uh, that Stuart Rhodes claims is already happening. Was Stuart Rhodes ready for a civil war? Is the U.S. headed for another civil war? Imagine another American civil war, but this time in every state. National Public Radio claimed that, ladies and gentlemen. Hammond Bundy asks, what are we to do? There's no redress of grievance anymore. You go to the courts, shut down. Abortion, we've literally mil- murdered millions. And we're praying the Supreme Court justices get it right this time. Donald and Ronald in fights. Some would say they're not really just uh, two heavyweights being exploited by the mainstream press. Is it true or is it a real issue? The fractures in the Republicans and Democratic Party, the fractures are everywhere. It's really a war on Christianity. The TheNewAmerican.com writes a piece on that. What would a modern-day secession in the United States really look like ladies and gentlemen what kind of divides are we talking about james edwards with me both hours he's the author of a book called racism Schmacism. he's also a well-known talk show host in his own right every saturday evening live the uh during the week on demand at your fingertips uh, incredible articles and and break from the south if you will uh and you know james and i might slightly disagree on things he's fine if we separate uh, I understand the Civil War idea and the, the, the quest of the South. Uh, James would hope the South would rise again, and to some degree, I hope that too, because states' rights are critical. Uh, at the same time, I really don't want divides in America, but they're coming. As James said last hour, I don't think it's avoidable. Uh, Wickedness creates division. That's reality, ladies and gentlemen. But what would a modern day secession from the United States really look like, I would ask? Because really, um, are we talking about just a divorce from Washington? So, we, we jettison the Fed, the federal government, the general government, whatever you want to call it. Or are we talking about a secession from uh, the big cities? As I mentioned last hour, every state has a big city that literally controls the whole state. Either that, one or two or three liberal cities. Okay. In, in Illinois, Chicago controls the whole state. In Utah, Salt Lake City, liberal is all get out, controls the whole state. Um, are we having a division within our own states? Uh, you, uh, hear that the folks in Northern California and Southern Oregon want to secede from their states, saying that they're not represented. You got LA and San Francisco literally controlling the whole state of California. Uh, and you know what? The Northern California folks far North way out in the country, they're not represented. Same thing with Southern Oregon. Now people are saying, well, Hey, let's secede and, and, and
2: join Idaho. What does this all look like? James in reality, any thoughts? there's just no way to know i mean it's certainly totally different than what you had in the 1860s uh but uh, but i'll say this as well you know that was still a very serious question at the time did the states who came together voluntarily to form the union have the the right uh to voluntarily leave the union and based upon the founding fathers and what they went through with with king george you know the south of course certainly thought that they did Uh, The North had a difference of opinion, and and no agreement could come, so it had to be litigated through war. But the South did not want war. It wasn't even really a civil war uh, by the textbook definition. I mean, it was a civil war in so much as it was brother against brother. uh, But a civil war means you have two competing armies trying to uh, control the same government uh, or controlled the same capital. The, the, the United States, or the, rather the Confederate States, of course, didn't want a civil war some, uh, to, to capture Washington. They just wanted to be allowed to leave. Uh, Lincoln didn't allow that. They, they would have left without ever sh- uh, firing a shot had it been allowed. It wasn't. Uh, so, the, so that's what that was. Uh, but now, I mean, yes, it is so totally different because it's not just a southern regional thing anymore. Um, you have, as you mentioned, uh, the greater Idaho uh, secession plan your ideas for texas itself to secede and you're so right too sam about how uh these cosmopolitan metropolitan areas bring down the whole state if you look at the county by county uh voting patterns of deep blue oregon you would be surprised to find that more counties in oregon are red than blue but it's just that the population center in portland brings down the entire state so I don't know, but you're already having, you know, because it's going to be very difficult if just every state secedes from uh, the population centers that, that you know, uh, bring it bring it down. Uh, that That's hard to imagine that you'd have that many different secessions, but you're already having secessions in some ways. A very, very interesting uh, piece of data that I saw just a couple of days ago that documents State population trends since the beginning of COVID, okay? So since March of 2020, so many of the states where you have heavy COVID restrictions are having um, net negative population uh, growth. I mean, they are losing their population. The South... Uh, Right now, over the course of the last two years, has had a population boom because people from New York and the far west and other places where you have uh, liberal state governments or liberal city governments are moving to the south uh, to find freedom from uh, the totalitarian COVID restrictions. Um, And so I think that's very interesting. I mean, that in and of itself is a form of secession in a way. Or maybe you could just call it immigration or whatever you want to call it. But I I think it's uh, a protestation. That's for sure. I think the point remains that you're already seeing some of this happening. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, but if and when the day comes, I don't know, because it is so difficult because people are so mixed up and mixed uh, with ideologies throughout the different states. It's not as though, okay, well, here you have uh, this area who's all of one people who have one mindset, and you have this area over here. No, I mean, it is all scrambled. Now, obviously, here in the South, it is still so much more predominantly Christian. Uh, So you still have the faint... Difference in culture here in the South, not as pronounced as it once was, but still, when you're in the South, you know you're in the South in terms of uh, mannerisms and and, and so many different uh, cultural indicators uh, that that suggest that the South is a nation amongst itself when compared to its surroundings. Uh, But I don't know what... um, what a, what a modern day secession would look like, and, and certainly if it does come we don 't need the same cucked out leaders uh, he, that we have in the south we don 't need people like ted cruz we don 't need the people who would sort of be the unintended uh, beneficiaries of, of 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 such a thing leading us because we, they would lead us right back to to where we were uh, given enough time uh, that would have passed so i don 't know, but you mentioned too before the break um, about landlock and, and trade, and of course. If th- just use this as an example, I mean, I think when secession happens again, I don't think you'll see it along the lines of the, the, the same original Confederate states. I mean, you're going to see uh, perhaps multiple secessions nationwide. But. Um, if if the Confederate states existed today as an independent nation, had that war gone differently, you would have, I think, what, like a top three, top five nation in terms of population, in terms of GDP, in terms of all the, the things that matter when when. Uh, uh indicating the strength of a nation you would have had that just with the old south those those 13 states would have been a top five power in the world and they certainly aren't landlocked because you've got texas you've got florida you've got georgia you've got south carolina north carolina virginia with all uh, you know very open access to the ocean
1: yeah that's why i'm highlighting a, a, an event today though if we lost the west coast and the east coast because they're all liberal uh, then the only thing we could depend on to be that yeah but but of uh,
2: Norland's entry point right well, I mean, you know, uh, the, the 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 West Coast is different than the East Coast. I mean, the East Coast is not all liberal. I mean, when people say the East Coast, they're thinking of Northern Virginia upwards. Okay, they're thinking the Acela Corridor, they're thinking, you know, Philadelphia, they're thinking Washington, D.C., they're thinking New York and Maine. Okay, yeah, I know that's what most people think about when they think East Coast, but, you know, East Coast also includes Florida, which is a red state, and Georgia and, and South yeah, Carolina. hold on, I mean, so but we're about to lose those red states. They're going to be voting blue with the immigrants pretty soon. Well, I mean, they, so it's uh, well, I mean, certainly Georgia did. Uh, we'll, we'll see, and Florida uh, teeters on a knife's edge, and Texas is uh, is is on a precipice as well. I mean, they only have a very thin margin of error. So you're right. If enough time passes, uh, it, it will it, it it could all go askew. So better to get on it, I, I think.
1: Anyway, very very interesting discussion, ladies and gentlemen. Five Oregon counties vote to leave Oregon and join Idaho. Uh, this is not just talk. Uh, this is not just, um, you know, folks from the South saying, Hey, the South is going to rise again. This is a modern day reality that we're dealing with. People are sick of it. People feel like they have no redress of grievance. People feel like there's nowhere to go. It's getting worse. It's boiling over how bad it will get when it'll get. I don't know. Uh, but in the beginning of my life, you know, there were hardly any shootings. Now they're all the time in the beginning of my life. You know what? Hey, um, Getting in a fistfight was bad at school. Nowadays, we've got other issues to wrestle with. We're dealing with a different environment today than we've ever dealt with before. And you literally have a whole nation pretty much educated as socialists, virtually bordering on communists straight up in America now. Um, Literally, congressmen and senators don't mind telling you they're flat out a socialist. They don't mind admitting they have communist leanings. We have now hawked ourselves in debt to so many nations and so many factions. What happens if they call the debts too? You think we're in trouble banking on an individual basis if you're a conservative business or a Christian business or a business that takes on the hard topics with free speech, etc.? What about real banking shenanigans where they literally call a halt to the con game and say, look, you're going to have to pay your debts, and we can't? I mean, look, we are literally on the brink of having America carved up into pieces. I don't want that, I don't like that, but I'm telling you, even NPR's talking about it. States with literally five counties wanting to leave one state and join another. Ladies and gentlemen, the divisions, uh, all I can tell you is if we're not very careful, we're in serious trouble. What does it look like in reality though, huh? Hang tight, Liberty Roundtable Live.
9: Scott Bradley here.
0: You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, in modern day, what would a secession look like if five counties want to leave the state of Oregon and join the state of Idaho? Is that a secession? What about being landlocked? What about all these different discussions? Listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not the only one talking about this. The mainstream press is big time. Here's the headline. 52% of, quote, Trump voters want red states to secede from the union they want to get rid of biden and they say that's the only way we can get it done so this is serious business what would it look like is my question though you know what what would a modern day secession look like i don't think it would be pretty ladies and gentlemen and you're already starting to see it right now with flights okay you're already seeing flights getting canceled everywhere to where you know what you're not able to get to florida if you're in utah you're not able to get to uh california if you're in maine you're not able to get to um, you know, Minnesota, if you're in Texas, uh, without uh, if you can't if your flights canceled, you're stuck. We got to depend on driving. The airlines are becoming too uh, finicky too uh, whatever. Um, what's that going to look like when that starts to happen to communications and transportation and distribution of goods? And I mean, it goes on. And on. What does it look like? It ain't going to be pretty, ladies and gentlemen,
2: James. Well, taking something from theory uh, to practice is uh, always an interesting exercise, so we're not there yet, but uh, the theory of it is gaining some steam. Now, let me say this. It is unfortunate, of course, that the Founding Fathers' dream and, and vision had been so derailed. I had an hour-long conversation with an historian about this a couple of weeks ago on my show, and, you know, the Founding Fathers were, of course, products of their time, as we all are, and there's just no way Uh, they did the best they could with the information and uh, reality of the world at that time, as they could. Uh, But there's just no way they could have foreseen that there would be a day in this America where we would become so godless that you have things like homosexual marriage and and, and not just that transgenderism and and this child abuse, these these, uh, hormone blockers and these surgeries, this genital mutilization all of these things that, that that have come in america that that's not only allowed but is but is celebrated and you're the bad guy you're the one that's going to get canceled if you if you say that this isn't appropriate You know, I I always like it when uh, you know the founding fathers didn't put that in the constitution. But then you have some liberal circuit court judge or a supreme court justice who 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 finds it in the constitution. You know, uh, in in modern times. Oh yes, see the the founding fathers would have wanted this. They really would have wanted uh, all of the all of this uh, absurdity and degeneracy uh, that that we have here today. Uh, No, they, they wouldn't have wanted that. And they didn't want that they couldn't have even imagined it okay so that that's the thing so it's unfortunate that we went from those men and those heroes to where we are today but that is a a path that this country has taken and so the question again sam has to be is it better for our children to separate uh from a system and from a government and from a media who uh, is is pushing this on them in, in in schools? Critical race theory, the the idea that uh, if you're white, uh, you are somehow uh, morally inferior, and you were you are evil, and all of your ancestors are evil, and all of the people from whence you came have never contributed anything good to humanity, and nothing could be uh, further from the truth than that. But that that's what we've got. So is it better to protect our children from? Uh, from that, and if separation is the way we have to do it, if that's the most peaceful way to do it, if it's the uh, the, the easiest path of least resistance way to do it, uh, then then I say let's do it. But again, your question, how does that get done? Well, uh, when the conversation becomes a little bit more serious, perhaps uh, that path will be illuminated, but I, I'll tell you this, uh, we have seen uh, in recent weeks Ron DeSantis, uh Call and quite rightly call. this is the sitting governor of the state of Florida, one of the most powerful and most populated states in the, in the union, uh, the attack on the Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, an anti-white attack. We saw Donald Trump just last week, the former president of the United States, the most recent former president of the United States. I think everybody knows who Donald Trump is, but I say that for emphasis, say that uh, there is white discrimination. They're using the word white now. Now, why do I say that? Because you would have never seen that five years ago. You have uh, Kristen—not Kristen cinema, but rather Marjorie Taylor Greene. You have other uh, prominent congressmen and 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 governors and, and 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 a president now saying this. Why are they saying it? Because they're catching up with their base on that issue. They're catching up with their base. Do they really believe it? You know, God only knows. Probably not. But they're saying it because it's politically expedient to do that. And with regards to, this is the point I'm trying to make by bringing that up, with regards to the question of secession, the system, the system's own polling uh, entities, the ubiquitously quoted polling agencies that we, we hear so often cited, on the question of secession, the majority of Republicans are in favor of the generic idea of secession, and 33% of the country at large. All right? So... I think if you have a politician, just as they are now beginning to say, okay, yes, there is white discrimination, discrimination against whites going on out there, and they're living to see tomorrow because that's where their base is. If you have a politician in a state who really and sincerely and earnestly starts pushing for secession, I think you're going to see a real groundswell of support for that, particularly amongst the the truly marginalized Populations of this country, uh, rural whites and Christians. And if you, the day you have a politician start seriously pushing for secession, a, a guy that's in a position to actually do something about it, like Ron DeSantis, for example, I'm not saying he's for it or against. it, I don't, I don't think he, I've never heard him speak of it, but he is talking about some other things. You get a guy like that, um, that that's when the the pedal could really accelerate. I I think uh, though, and this is why the media is covering it so much. Polls indicate. That there is enough support out there right now to get this conversation through the door. There's a
1: website on the internet, ladies and gentlemen. They have it's dissolved the United States. They want to break up the United States. They have a written proposal to actually do so. All right. They say the proposal is this as amicably as possible, reconstitute the existing United States into three smaller countries. Each consisting of majority populations that more closely align with the philosophies on the role and size of government, events, you know, religion, work, all, all these different factors, ethics, morals, politics, the constitution, etc. And um, <laughs> basically, they say, as I write this page, it got too emotional, too difficult, so we're re- under reconstruction. Okay. <laughs> So, it's a very emotional issue for people, ladies and gentlemen. But what does it look like? What does that proposal look like? Is it going to be my town sick of Salt Lake City? Okay, Salt Lake City um, literally is the liberal bastion of Utah. Most of the state's fairly conservative. Uh, but my town's like 40 miles south of Salt Lake City. My town's got about 35,000 people in it. Do, does my town just secede from the state? There now, get rid of those suckers. They're all liberal and crazy. Well, it's all true. They are liberal. They are crazy. They are, they do control the state. They don't listen to us. <laughs> Some would say the American Empire is falling apart. What does it look like? Where do you live? Is is Tennessee uh, gonna be a, a liberal bastion of Memphis? Is the liberal center uh, gone with the red? Or, I'm sorry, gone with the blue. And, and you're gonna be in the in, in the red secession of the state. What does this look like, ladies and gentlemen? They say it's time for the United States to divorce. Before things get worse, <laughs> Judeo-Christian value and a limited government was the idea. The entire platform of the Democrats stand absolutely opposite to that. America's divorced. Left and righties get half of the country. They say some are saying, "Hey, we could have two states: one for the left, one for the right." The middle ground in American politics is gone. Um. Why the fall of the American Empire will come by twenty thirty. This is everywhere, and and people might say, Sam, why are you advocating for this? Why are you? I'm not advocating for anything. I'm just telling you, this is everywhere, um, and to pretend it's not is to bury your head in the sand. To pretend it's not happening uh, is ignorant. The question is, what do we do about it? But what does the division look like? Is it red versus blue states? I don't think that turns out very well. Okay, in Idaho. Ammon Bundy running for governor. He says, I want to keep Idaho, Idaho. But Boise controls the whole state of Idaho. The Boise metropolitan region, whatever you want to call it. The rest of the state, um, you know, doesn't have a prayer. Okay, I don't know whether the federal government's our bigger enemy. So we used to think the federal government, the general government was the problem. By golly, all we're going to do is have greater state control and would be fine. With COVID, we realized the governors are more tyrannical than even Donald Trump was. <laughs> the states were more tyrannical than even the federal government was uh, during COVID. So don't turn to your state and look for solace because that ain't going to happen either. Okay, what does this look like? And and do I just then say, hey, I'm an autonomous, my piece of ground here that I sit on, buddy, it's an autonomous free land. I'm going to secede from my neighbors. My neighbors are out of control, liberal for crying out loud too. When I bring up broke fraud, uh, when I bring up this or that, they look at me like I got a third eye, that I'm crazy. go ahead and secede from my neighborhood. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, This sounds crazy, ladies and gentlemen. I know we're not there yet, but it's a-bubbling. How quick can it go from theory to you're in the thick of it? James Edwards with me. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds.
0: Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
5: President Biden will hold a presser in the East Room at 4 p.m. Eastern today. It should be noted President Biden continues to deny the media a list of attendees at Biden's Delaware home. Since the president has spent one quarter of his presidency there, the media must assume presidential business is being conducted in Delaware. Another example of soft-on-crime DAs not protecting their citizenry, a combined $250,000 reward is now being offered to help the LAPD track down the person responsible for stabbing UCLA graduate student Brianna Kupfer in a random act of violence. The suspect, 31-year-old Sean Lavelle Smith, is a career criminal with a rap sheet on both coasts of the United States. LAPD Lieutenant John Radke.
9: The Los Angeles community needs to come together and come together for the right reason. Of course, it's not just the money but we need to hold this person accountable for what they did.
5: Ms. Cupper was working at a furniture store in Los Angeles, California when she was struck down. USA Radio News.
0: Cars that sound like this.
1: Trust Pennzoil Synthetics to protect their engines in extreme conditions. Top racing teams know that Pennzoil Synthetics give them the performance to help them succeed. And your car's engine deserves the same. Because your daily commute is no less important. Get complete protection for top-engine performance, just like the pros. Visit penzoil.com slash rebate to save on Penzoil
6: Synthetics. Terms apply.
5: Mike Lindell, the veteran CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to listeners. You can get great discounts on all My Pillow products. If you go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, deep discounts on all MyPillow products, like the buy one, get one free special on Giza Dream Sheets. All My Pillow products come with a 60-day money back guarantee, 10-year warranty. Call 1-800-951-8175 or go to mypillow.com, click on the Radio Listener special, use my promo code USA. As the supply chain crisis sees no relief in sight, cargo ships once again are stacking up in Southern California ports. Now the trucking industry gets a rude awakening for those going across the United States-Canadian border.
6: Truckers carrying products across the U.S.-Canada border now have to show proof of a COVID-19 vaccine. Under new Canadian regulations, U.S. truckers who are not vaccinated will be turned away. Canadian drivers returning north who can't show vaccine proof will have to quarantine. Canada implementing the new rules on the weekend, resulting in almost an instant reduction in available trucks. That means prices are up almost 25% on produce and other commodities, according to industry reps. As shipping companies adjust to the new rules, many worry about having to pay more to attract drivers who are vaccinated. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau... I'm Tim Berg. Thanks for listening. We are USA
5: Radio News.
0: Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen. This gets more and more and more gnarly uh, the more you kind of start to realize what's really out there on the web. Most people believe this is just kind of smattering of discussions, but it's continuing and getting worse. Here's the headline from the Huffington Post or Post: Red states want to secede? Go ahead. Make our day. So the question then becomes, who would secede? <laughs> who would be the ones to leave in the national divorce? Right? Who, <laughs> who's going to stay? Who's going to go? And how does the federal government or the general government fit in? If the red states secede, does the general government stay with the blue states? So the blue states become the United States, and the red states become what? Independent state countries, independent republics? Now cities are declaring that they're republics. Uh, so where do we go? <laughs> where do we go from here? Who leaves in the national divorce? And, and and what reality does that paint? Huff Post saying, "Go ahead, red states secede. Make our day."
2: James. Sam, I have been appearing on this show once monthly for (laughs) over 10 years, I guess, and this has been one of the most interesting uh, and enthralling conversations I think that we've had, and they're all good. Uh, But this one is just really interesting because of the vast numbers of, of possible scenarios. Uh, but I, but i would say this and your question is is of course a, a good one how, how would that work well of course, the answer is of course nobody nobody knows but what we do know is that nations have risen and fallen countless times throughout recorded history and people always figure it out how would it happen in a nation like america is it uh, state to state or city to city or neighborhood to neighborhood and i don't know uh but whatever Whatever reality comes from this is better, I think, than the trajectory on which we are currently headed. Because this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in uh, the first hour. I don't think it is an exaggeration to say that if we continue on the present course that we've been on since 1776. This long, slow march downward. I mean, obviously, it's accelerated so much just in the last few decades. But if we continue on that path, that people like us will be imprisoned, Christians will be imprisoned, political dissidents will be imprisoned. You're already seeing the beta test of it with examples like um, uh, Stuart Rhodes and uh, Ammon Bundy and and some of these others. Uh, it's uh, in in uh, Civil trials. What we saw in, in Charlottesville, people don't now have the right. You do not have the right if you're political dissident. This has been proven now in Charlottesville. That Charlottesville case was huge because, of course, it's easy to uh, throw the book at the white supremacists. Who's going to the so-called white supremacists? Who's going to, to care what happens to them? But the idea that now you have no right to uh, legally obtain a permit, as those demonstrators in Charlottesville had. Uh, to demonstrate uh, your first uh, amendment right of of free speech and your 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 civil right of freedom of assembly on the public public square, I might add they weren 't uh, on private property. this was going to be uh, held at a city park and, and now you don 't have that right so w- we are seeing now the news really tighten and Merrick garland, the people with his mentality, this department of social justice uh, that he runs and and uh, how he is targeting um, Conservatives and constitutionalists, and anybody who's to the right of, of Comrade Stalin, we stay on this present path. And I think the idea of, uh, you know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington and reforming the entire system at large, I just think we're too far gone from that. And that's another point that should be made, Sam. This wouldn't have been a discussion. And this would have never been anything that we had to concern ourselves with if, for over the many decades that uh, we have had since our founding uh, until today, if men had done their duty if we had stayed politically involved if we had not become enamored with bread and circus if we had not become apathetic if we had not uh, forgotten to safeguard our families and make sure that who we're sending to represent us is doing the right job if we had kept control of this country you wouldn't have to have this conversation but because we did get fat dumb and happy as a nation, uh, this, this is where we are. So a lot of the blame for whatever comes has to be put at the feet of the people, the feet of the people, the people have failed us and they have failed the American experiment. But since they have, and since that, you can't go back and undo that. Now we have these unfortunate choices, uh, that, that, that need to be considered. And for me and for me and my family, I would rather there be a separation, uh, then continue on the path that we're on another 10 or 20 years of this, and I don't think it's going to happen because I think you're already seeing the ground shifting, but another 10 or 20 years of this, we're gone. We're done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, check this out. Here's the question.
1: Can a city declare itself a republic? California town just did. This happened in like October and November, by the way. I'm just getting to reporting it. But they call it Oroville, California. Oroville's city council overwhelmingly voted to declare the town a, quote, constitutional republic. So, so what does all this even mean? Uh, and So you're going to get more and more hostilities with this. The secession idea sounds romantic. The reality, though, may be really, really rough. I predict the day, write this down, I predict the day when it will not be safe or expedient to even travel from state to state, much less town to town. And you see the beginnings of it with the airlines literally melting down right now. You can't even book a flight and count on it anymore. You just won't get there. Great point. Uh, or you won't get there in time. How long will it be till communications or other laws and regulations uh, start to take effect? You know what? Hey, you can't go to New York because New York, uh, an airline won't take you there. you got to drive. Well, uh, you know, you try to go into New York driving or on a plane, and, hey, are you going to show your vax card? Because, you know, you're not going to get in without one, you evil criminal. Uh, and and what lines, what battles, what circumstances will continue? This sounds like it's far away, and it may be. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a prophet. It may be, but at the same time, it may be right around the corner. How long would it be to where they say, look, you know what? You're not going to have your gun rights here your right to keep and bear arms you carry that doesn't work here uh, abortions you know hey we're gonna and whatever issue how far till the divide happens and then they're like whoa now we got in texas now that we got this abortion law or whatever uh, to continue how do we mississippi uh we got these abortion law now look we're not gonna let you leave the state uh or come into the state if your quest is abortion You got to make sure that people don't, you know, cross the line and murder their babies. Uh, And whether whatever it be, I'm telling you, these fault lines uh, seem distant, but you look how quick the COVID changed everything. One second, you're fine to move about. Next second, you're flat out locked down, almost in your homes, almost in martial law, depending on where you lived. Overnight, it was that way. And it was all 10 to 14 days. Two years later, We have never even retracted the change. We're still ratcheting up right now after all the vaccines, over 80% of the nation vaccinated. (laughs) Literally masks everywhere. Now they're ratcheting up and closing schools right now because none of it worked. How fast can the change happen? I'm telling you right now, whiplash,
2: James. Well, one thing to remember, Sam, is that uh, this is still our Father's world, and God has His hand uh, on um, the world, and on the nations, and on and on the people. And uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, the mysterious ways in which the Lord works. But uh, you know, if COVID, if if for somehow this crazy, crazy, crazy stuff could could play um, an unintended positive role in helping us reclaim a, a piece of this uh, thing for for ourselves. Uh, maybe, maybe that, that, uh, will, will be uh, a silver lining in it all. But yes, I mean, the, the the whole thing with COVID has certainly exacerbated the discontent. And that is the one thing, I think, maybe the only thing that liberals and, and so called conservatives agree on, red and blue agree on, is that they don't like each other and they don't want to be around one another. So, uh, the sooner we can get into divorce court and, and uh, um, uh, Uh, get to the bargaining table and figure figure out uh, how to split the assets. I think the better, look, I think the better at this point, there's just no realistic way. Uh, Barring, as you said, uh, the George Washington vision of God sending his angels down here to clean house. Uh, But short of that, there's just no realistic way to put Humpty Dumpty back together again, where New York City and the rural South and San Francisco and, and rural Idaho are all working and pulling in the same direction with a shared vision. That's just never going to happen again. And, again, as I said in, in my last statement, it's a shame that the people of this nation allowed us to, to go so far off the rails where you can't uh, uh, get back on course. But you can't, I don't think. And uh, so let's let's go in and let's uh Let's figure it out, and uh, let's come to an agreement on how we will go our separate ways. And I I look forward to that day happening, hopefully in a very peaceful and nonviolent way. So Marjorie
1: Taylor Greene talks about a national divorce. And the question is, would a national divorce be civil? (laughs) Can you have a national divorce and be civil there, James, you think?
2: Well, most divorces are not civil, <laughs> you know. Certainly, the South tried a national divorce in 1861, and that was all but civil. So, I don't know if it'd be the same this time, though, because this time it seems as though everybody wants out. We'll see. How many, we'll how see. How many
1: people? How many
2: people died the last
1: time we tried this? Well, about a million. You
2: know, Six hundred thousand. I predict. 000, I predict.
1: 000? I predict that small change compared to what will happen. Liberty Roundtable Live.
4: Get married and have some kids.
0: With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable radio talk show.
1: All right. Red states, blue states, the general government, three entities. If the national divorce happens, some say it's a foolish and psychotic idea. That may be so. Nevertheless, people are flirting with this romance that they think will be great. Can the city declare itself as a republic? Some have. So you want a national divorce? Can it remain civil? Will it remain civil? So you got the general government. Who are they going to stay with? Who's going to secede? Who's going to leave? The red or the blue? The conservative or the liberal? Uh, Who's going to uh, stay with the general government, or does that dissolve? And we have two uh, now new United States without a general government. But how do you remain united if there's no general government? The Articles of Confederation proved that to be very difficult indeed. So how does this look, James?
2: Well, again, uh, too early to say, but it can be figured out because it's been figured out by people, groups and, and nations throughout history. The rise and fall of nations is not an uncommon thing. And if you look at the average lifespan of most nations, America's right at the 11th hour, you know, in, in a lot of ways. I mean, you say, well, you know, nations like France and Italy. Yeah, I mean, there are still nations called that that have had similar people, but they have had so many different governments and so many different rifts and splits and, and, and schisms over the years. Uh, that, um, you know, it's it's uh, almost incalculable. Uh, so uh, the thing here, though, is, again, who starts it and who gets what and uh, do, do, do the liberals go first? I mean, you see, you always think it's going to be the conservatives. You know, the liberals could certainly uh, go first this time. And uh, who, who would be opposed to that? Uh, it's just when you have nothing in common with people, why be forced to do business with them? Why be forced to engage with them? Um, street by street based secession i mean some people will probably have to move uh, you know that 's just that 's not uncommon uh when nations fall apart uh, Obviously, a lot of people are already moving I mean, we 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 mentioned this the population trends in this in in this country even over the course of the last two years show that people are fleeing um the, the government of of the left to come to the governments of uh uh states uh, in the south uh, with regards to what 's going on with covid so We'll find out. We'll find out together. I think, Sam, will find out before either of us go to heaven. I, I do. I think it's that close. I think you you go back to the early 2000s, and the idea of secession was only being talked by uh, a very scant number of southern nationalists. as very esoteric. It wasn't serious. But now you, you've already rattled off uh, several headlines uh, coming from uh, the biggest mouthpieces in, in system media uh, because they know... That this is uh, becoming an increasingly serious topic. It's it's it, it uh, it's not just uh, you know locker room talk or or pub talk anymore. Uh, this is something that 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 could happen, and uh, I I think for our sake uh, for our sake it needs to happen. So you got to ask yourself
1: a couple of questions. Who owns the United States? And if a breakup were to happen, it's easily thought about as oh the red states versus the blue states or. One group will stay with the general government, the other one will create their own governments such as the South did in the day, saying, hey, we'll have our own president, etc." cetera. Uh, but here's the real question, who owns the United States, okay? Who owns the U.S. national debt and will they, if America starts to, quote, split up or whatever you wanna say, have a national divorce or whatever else, where will these countries make their play? The United States of America, current foreign ownership Japan, China, etc. are they going to say, well, hey, if you guys are breaking up, we might as well go ahead and assert ourselves and say, we want this piece. We want that piece. Will countries be vying for pieces of
2: former America, James? Yeah, again, that those are questions that will have to be settled. Those accounts will have to be settled, but uh, I, I, I am sure that they were settled um in uh, other places as well, it's it's a complex question. It's one that I don't have the uh, the foresight to, to give an answer to, but it is something, you know, maybe we can leave uh, the, the people who caused this left holding the bag, and I can tell you it certainly wasn't our people. It wasn't our people who were advocating for these mismanaged trade deals and, and, and all of this, this spending that, that ratcheted up the, the debt to, to, to where it is now. But, of course, you know, when it comes time for, responsibility and accountability there the, the people who were who, who actually caused it aren't going to be the ones who uh, who who are, are going to want to settle the ledger but yeah who, who keeps Washington DC and you know Washington DC is the seat of the Empire and uh, if anybody's ever been to Washington DC if you can Take away the the politics of it, and the the fact that you got those 535 sociopathic uh, congressmen there. I mean, I mean, there may be two or three ones that with which we have some common ground, and the senators, and and all of that. You know, just the disgusting. I mean, truly a cesspool, truly a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah. But it is beautiful. Those museums and those monuments are beautiful. Who gets that? Uh, you know, you could take a city like Washington, D.C., populate it with the right-thinking Christian people, and you, you'd have something worth preserving. I, I don't know, Sam. I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll tell you again, and this is a point that I've made two or three times now, but it's worth repeating. We don't want our children to have to live uh, in the america that will come in another 20 years at the current pace it needs to change it's sad that it didn't work out and that it fell apart but you know what that's history that's history there is a timeline and a cycle and a life cycle for for nations just as for all of us and uh, this america as we once knew it is coming to an end it's time for something new it's time for something uh, hopefully better some say maybe it's time for america to split up ladies and
1: gentlemen so here's the question You're right, who keeps D.C., who keeps the, quote, national treasures? Who owns the U.S. national debt? Who's going to be stuck holding that bag? Who's going to be sticking with the Federal Reserve, and what currency would the other group go to? Would they go back to the constitutional currency, gold and silver, or will they create a fiat currency of their own? Didn't you have different fiat currencies in the south and the north there, James?
2: Well, I mean, you know, even back then, of course, I mean, the South had a, a dollar. All, they, they came up with their own paper money as well. But, you know, uh, I, I think back then it was certainly much more based uh, even in the United States as well. So on, hold on. Does the, new, does
1: the new group that secedes uh, jump into crypto and that's their new currency?
2: Uh, uh, is this it, a yeah, way to again. bring on the,
1: quote, Amero and bring on a new dollar? What's going to happen here, ladies and gentlemen? I'm telling you right now, it's those details which everybody could say, we'll leave that
2: for a later day. But nobody has the guts like me to dig in. Well, maybe somebody will put you on the council that will be charged with determining uh, some of these uh, very important questions. But uh, those are questions I would rather uh, work through and wade through uh, than uh, sticking around to to see. You you look at America from 1950 to the America of, of, of 2020. I know it's 2022, but we'll, we'll just go 70 years. Yeah, you want another sure. 70 years at that pace? You want another 70 years at that pace? They, they will be killing us. They, that That is not hyperbole. You want to talk about concentration camps? Um, who do you think will be in the ones that are coming here? It, that is not uh, something that is just political rhetoric and just made for radio. You go from the America of 1950 to the America of 2020. Uh, we won't be around in 2090, Sam, but, uh, but our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren will be. That is not something I want them to, to deal with. And if I can have a hand and any sort of say and any sort of voice and saying, okay, let's uh, let's push the reset on this, and and um, and we'll see where the chips
1: oh, fall. Oh, so now it comes all around. You got the thugs in the world pushing for a quote global reset, and now James wants to join them and press the reset button. <laughs>
2: right? Well, in in a different manner of speaking, we use are the you, same. Hold word. on, are you a reset <laughs> guy now? Well, in terms of pushing reset on this culture, uh, yes. In terms of putting pushing reset on uh, where we are as, as a society and trying to go back to, to something better uh, with better safeguards, yes. So the question is, can you have one really without the other
1: is the question. In other words, can you have a reset James Edwards way but not Von Klaus's way or whatever, it is, Biden's way or Clinton's <laughs> way. Who knows? Can you have a reset your way but not their way, or their way but not your way? The great resets coming. Blaze Media with the email that says that right now. Uh, what does that
2: look like? Is it James Edwards style? Uh, but they're talking it, about uh, yeah. Is you know, when, when in the parlance of our time, when they're talking about the great Reset, they're talking about population reset where. Uh, the historical majorities of European nations and of America get get swept away and, with genocidal immigration policies, and, and that's what the Great Reset is known as in terms of uh, conservative parlance. But uh, and that that is truly happening. I mean, you look at the birth rates of of, of formerly European nations and, and European derived nations like America, uh, and uh, you know obviously we are we are getting replaced. That's the Great Replacement. So we do want to push Reset on that as well, though. All right, well, Glenn Beck just
1: wrote a book called The Great Reset. James and Glenn are on the same page here, ladies and gentlemen. They say it's all, the wait is almost over. On January 11th, coming up, oh, that already passed. Yeah, the book's available now. <laughs> the most important book of Glenn Beck's career hits the shelves. The Great Reset. Joe Biden and the rise of 21st century fascism reveals the globalist plot to forever alter our way of life. And more importantly, how we can put a stop to it if we stick together and have the mojo. If we hope to keep the precious freedoms we still have. So will it go down Glenn Beck's way? Will it go down James Edwards' way? Or will it go down the way of Joe Biden and uh, the globalist deep state leaders? My view is to jettison the divisions to work together in a way that brings back morality in the people. And unless we do that and turn to God, I don't care what plan, what road you go down, all roads lead straight to hell. And the only way, yep. ladies and gentlemen, is to turn to God as a moral people. And if we do that, I think we can save this Republican. If we don't do that, it's quaintance, to pardon
2: the pun. Well, it sounds good, Sam. I just don't know how practical or realistic that is. You have to want God. These people don't want him. They reject him. And it's hard to find common ground with people like that. Yes, we will continue to take the good news of our Savior to them and and hope uh, that that, uh, they will open their hearts to him. But there's just no reason to believe that that's something that's realistic going forward as we continue to just get further and further away from that type of America. But I'll tell you this, if we go through... Hold on, (laughs) is that more unrealistic? Or is it more unrealistic to hope we can save ourselves as an immoral people? Which one's a more unrealistic reality? Well, we we will save our. Well, they're not going to save themselves as an immoral people. Obviously, I mean, they're going to the path to destruction at, at at their own hand. But it is realistic to think that we can uh, uh, cobble together uh, a, a nation worthy uh, of uh, of our. Uh, inheritance and, and and do something with that. I think separation is the key to that. But if we go through the rigors of doing that and, and we put people like Glenn Beck in charge, it was all for naught because we need something a lot more muscular than what Glenn Beck's offering uh, or else we'll be right back uh, where we are and we don't want to do that again. Yeah, so my book would be about civility. Glenn's book is about the Great Reset.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, the Great Reset is coming. Some say by hook or by crook, the federal government is going to force it. Via the deep state tied in with global leaders and their goal is to remake America into a socialist communist tyranny as they want for the whole world. So when you talk about secession, are you seceding from what? Uh, and, you know, when we were in heaven and, and God kicked Satan out, thrust him down, if you will. Was that a division, a great secession or secession? <laughs> uh, i am telling you, weighty matters, ladies and gentlemen, are ahead of us in the republic. I'll tell you that now. Go, go, get on your knees and pray hard, then get up and go to work and advocate for what you think is best. I personally believe that morality in the people, kindness, and teaching the principles of Jesus Christ is the only way forward. That's my opinion.
2: James, final word's yours. Well, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, trust in the Lord and feather your nest and uh, do what you need to do to protect your children and to lead by example and to lead, uh, lead and live a godly life. Uh, for others to emulate uh, but also be aware of the changing political realities and be ready to adjust if need be and uh, we'll do it together and sam i love you brother thank you for all you're doing and for leading the way i wish we had sam bushman's america i truly do look forward to talking to you again very soon james edwards the ladies and gentlemen there he goes this nation shall endure
1: god save the republic